Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, I'll step inside the new Salesforce Tower to hear how they're using the space and Caroline Lennon's thoughts on the future of work. Tom Douglas will join me to talk about shooting the moon and we'll look back at 25 years of Google. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. But we're going to start this week with Salesforce because earlier this year they opened a new tower in the heart of Dublin. Much of the construction took place during COVID, which of course was when many businesses were saying they were going fully remote. I was eager to step inside for a snoop to see how they're using the space and what the long-term plan is. Caroline Lennon is the country lead and she took me around the building. So we're on Dublin's North Dock, uh, Dublin's North Inner City, um, and we're in Salesforce Tower, which is a um, 10-storey tower with uh, six employee floors, two what we call Ohana floors for employees and customers to use to, you know, to to chat, to create, but also available at evenings and weekends for our local community to use uh, in terms of NGOs or, or community groups. Yeah, so it's a, an amazing space, stunning views as we've seen right along the Liffey. You can see, look one way, you see the chimneys, then you can look down to Liberty Hall, you can see the Aviva in one direction, Crow Park behind us. So like right in the heart uh, of, uh, of Dublin. As I was walking around, I do this thing on TikTok where I watch accounts of really, really rich people showing around their Manhattan apartments. And I kind of feel like that's what you've just done to me. This is like your Manhattan apartment in Dublin, because although it is an office for thousands of people, it's a nice space to be in. Can you tell me a little bit about the design and the thought process that goes into creating a space like this? Because it's probably the least office office I've been in. Yeah, so I, so I think some of our design principles come from how every Salesforce tower building is designed around the world. And it's always about the views for everyone. So, you know, the CEO doesn't have the best office with the best view. The views are available to everyone. Also about, you know, Ohana or family floors where everyone kind of congregates. But I think what was maybe special about Dublin is um, a lot of what was going on in Dublin was going on during COVID. And I think we envisioned, well, what are, what's it going to be like? What's work going to be like post-COVID? So this tower has been, or this building has been designed with 70% more collaboration space than we've ever had before in our other buildings. So you'll, you'll have seen, you know, the sofas, you know, that there's lovely seating areas in our social lounges where people can go and have a tea or a coffee or yoga, look out on the Liffey or whatever. And the whole idea of that is that it's creative spaces. Yeah, if you need to get your head down, there's also lots of desks and there's loads of quiet spaces. But if you want to collaborate, catch up, because I think, you know, a lot of the reason we come to work is to be with other people, you know, to bounce ideas off them, to hear about their weekend or to hear about what they did last night or whatever. So I think it was really important that we created that. And, and that's a huge design principle here. And it's also a very smart building. So we have great measurements. So we know, we will know what parts of the building are being used really well. And then we will tweak as we go. We'll assess over time and say, well, that's really well used, very popular. That space is not as well used. And we maybe have a look at the design around that as well. And as a leader, uh, obviously you want your team to be as productive as possible alongside 
being happy with where they work and so on. How do you strike that balance and how do you ensure that you don't fall into that old tech stereotype of having a cool looking office, but everyone's on the DOS? Yeah, so, so I think, uh, you know, uh, there's nobody DOS in here. You know, we've had, you know, we've had some challenges this year and, you know, people have really rolled up their sleeves and got, got stuck in. I suppose I personally believe that people work better um, in good environments where they can collaborate. You know, I've never found a problem that was better solved by me sitting in a room on my own thinking about it. It was always about getting other people in and, and, and so thinking about that. I think Salesforce always kind of had a hybrid model, so it was not unusual for Salesforce employees to be in the office some days and out of the office other days. But I think with this office, particularly with our demographic in Dublin, where we have a lot of graduates, like 28 different nationalities based in this office, a lot of graduates came in from other parts of Europe, you know, Israel, etc. So, you know, work life is part of their social life as well. So they buy into that whole experience. I think the location of the office, you know, right in the city centre, 500 bicycle spaces on the Lewis, on public transport, kind of makes it attractive. So I actually think we get the best of both worlds. You know, people have a very nice environment which they enjoy. They get to create and collaborate with their colleagues, but they also get to, you know, get their head down, you know, learn from each other. I mean, I think one of the things that we found, like Salesforce is always famous for its face-to-face onboarding. And during COVID, that all went virtual. And I think everyone who experienced virtual versus face-to-face said there was no comparison. Mm -hmm. So I'm delighted now that we have face-to-face onboarding for EMEA based out of Dublin. You know, so people coming and checking into the hotel for a week, meeting colleagues and people I know from Salesforce say they have the same friends now in Salesforce 10 years after they met them on their face-to-face onboarding. So I think what we're trying to do is we don't mandate, what we're trying to do is create an environment that people want to be in. And so far, you know, that's what we're seeing. You know, we're getting very good attendance at this office. You mentioned the significance of the location and it is a striking building. Anyone who's been to, you know, the three arena over the last little while will have seen this building under construction. It's gorgeous from the outside. It's stunning inside. But I know that Salesforce isn't just happy with taking the location. You want to give back to the community and loop the community in. Can you tell me a little bit about how that that comes into action so it's not again like an Oprah Winfrey mission statement it's something that actually happens yeah so so it's very real so so first of all we want to be a good neighbour and we want to have the sort of building where our neighbours feel welcome we don't want to have a big fancy glass box that nobody from the community has ever been in that that's not what we're what we're about so uh, because of that like we don't have a canteen in here we have social lounges where you can get a cup of coffee or tea or a coke or yogurt but we want people to go out and buy their sandwich or their salad in the local environment we also don't have a gym we have 500 bicycle space we have showers but again we want people to use the local facilities and to really kind of get to know the community so so that's one thing that's really important to us the second thing is i mentioned our two ohana floors so they are open in evenings and weekends for local community groups to you know to apply and come in and hold their event here or have their gathering here and again that's very important on the 21st of september we're having what we're calling a trailblazing day and we're inviting some of the, our local community partners that we work with into the building. We're also having, we have a lot of um, business resource groups, you know, who we have got Outforce and Boldforce and Earthforce. So they're all going to set up their stalls for the day, encu- encourage new members, including encourage volunteering in the area. And that's going to be you know, a real day where we're going to invite everyone in to see what we're doing here and also encourage all the people that are here to get involved. If you're involved in one, like I, I'm, I'm the exec sponsor for the Women's Executive Network, which you might expect, but I'm going to join another group that day. I haven't decided which one yet, but I'm going to go around and talk to everybody. I'm going to join. And, you know, we're also looking to do some big volunteering events in the air. There's a, like in, in Salesforce, we're very focused on volunteering. It's part of, I, I don't know if you've heard about the 111 model when Mark Benioff set up Salesforce, but it was about 
giving 1% of time, 1% of product and 1% of profit back into your local community. So there's millions of volunteering hours. But again, when we're looking into our local community to say, what can we do around here to help? Mm-hmm. And could we do it at scale, which, you know, we've oh, two, oh, more than two and a half thousand people here. So what could we do to really make a difference in the local community? So that's really important to us. Yeah, and just from your own point of view, because obviously in previous companies that you've worked in, you've always, you were always synonymous and sort of front and centre in terms of supporting different charities and organisations. Is that something that's a personal mission for you as an individual, as well as a leader, and that you try to bring to each company that you work for? So, well, I suppose I think, you know, if you, as you progress through your life and career and you, and you get you get some you know, some success or some, you know, whatever, then I feel you're honor bound to give something back. I really believe that. And we should all, you know, think think like that. You know, you know I've been a patron of Special Olympics for years. I've, I've always been involved in female empowerment or whatever. So I think that's important. And again, it's no cliche, but you always get, you know, you get more out than you put in, always. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, that was kind of one of the things that attracted me to Salesforce in, in the first place, because, you know, they talk about the values, they talk about volunteering, they talk about one one one. And when you first hear about it, you go, is it real? You know, or is it just, you know, a sign on a wall? But the more and more people I talk to, the more real I realize. In fact, people kind of look at you in Salesforce a bit oddly. If you haven't done your volunteering days, not if you have, like the, the complete opposite. It's really expected that people kind of get involved. So that was one of the things that attracted me. And I suppose, well, I, well the one thing I'm trying to do here is, though, say, you know, we're, we're a big company. If we put our shoulder behind one or two big things we could move the dial mm-hmm. so what are those you know what are those one or two big things that we're really going to you know kind of get behind so working with the team on that but also you know rolling my sleeves up and getting involved as i said with the women's network and as i said i, I want to you know get involved in one, one of the other uh, equality groups mm. uh, we know that late last year into the early part of this year in particular was quite tricky for the world of tech there was a fair bit of uncertainty uh for the first time in big tech in air quotes uh, the, the history of it how is the mood now has things uh, stabilized somewhat and are we back to that optimistic feel and looking beyond the next six months into further into the future yes I think that I mean you know I think that impacted tech at large mm-hmm. um, and I think you know a lot of, you know unlike the industries I worked in before tech hadn't experienced that so I think that made it maybe doubly shocking for people to kind of get their heads around but I I do think we've moved on and I do think you know maybe people are just a little bit more open to you know understanding you know the the cycle of of industries and work or whatever but also you know I think if you look at you know what happened to start the year and then you look at some of the advances we've done since then and all the optimism around AI and all the the new products that are coming and we've got Dreamforce in uh, San Francisco now in two weeks time you know, I think people are super excited about all that sort of stuff. You know, we've got, we've had loads of customers in. So I think people learned a little bit through that, maybe a little bit maybe of resilience that maybe people hadn't had to find in the past in, in the tech industry, but so much good stuff going on, like so much, you know, and I, and I think we were a little bit, it was great that we had the building in February, because I think again, that was a bit of a catalyst for positivity and to kind of move forward and embrace everything that sort of offered as well. But yeah, I think people are looking forward with, with optimism, but having learned a bit, which I think maybe we, we all needed to learn as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and you mentioned about, uh, you know, you guys don't mandate for people to come into the office, but I'm curious to pick your brain on the whole future of work conversation because we've seen this yo-yo go up and down. Some companies saying we're never going to go back into the building again and now they're changing their mind saying everyone has to come back in. Some people are saying we're going to wait and see. As a leader with the experience that you have, is there a right or wrong way of doing things? So I suppose my, my opinion, 
the extremist of both of those is wrong. That's, that's my personal opinion. I think saying we're never going to be back in the office, I think you're missing out a lot. I think you are missing out, you know, the collaboration. And work is more than work. It's always been more than work for me. You know, it's always energised me and it's been energised by the interaction. So I, so I would think that's not a good model. Mm. Maybe there's a tiny industry or whatever that it suits, but to me that's not a model. But I also think to say everyone back in doesn't make sense either. You know, because there is... You know, there is some freedom. There is some there is some savings of people's time in terms of commuting. That flexibility that maybe makes it easier for people to stay in the workforce. A little, you know. So I think you know you'll eliminate a, a chunk of incredible employees if you go extreme or either side. I think. Mm-hmm. So so I do think the model is in the middle. You know, um, and creating an environment where people want to be in there. And it, but then the days where it makes more sense when to work from home and they have stuff that they want to get done, they they get on and do it. So now. It, exactly what the hybrid is but it's two or three or half days and again I don't, I don't think it should always be about days like maybe you miss the rush hour and don't spend an hour and a half in your car and you come in at 10 mm-hmm. you know because they, you know, they're the times you want to collaborate and then maybe you go home because you want to finish something off so you know I think um, we just need to understand the data and actually that's one of the nice things back to the smart building here we like we'll have a lot of information there you know which we can we can plan and plot and use whatever so for me it's definitely hybrid mm-hmm. um, and it's about carrot not stick I think and uh, and showing the benefits and, and this, this is an absolute personal opinion but I, I met a load of the the younger employees when I first joined Salesforce back in, in, in September I did a kind of a you know listening tour with them and, and, and they were all saying to me you know please find opportunities for us to cross connect we want to meet people outside you know there's so many things going on in Dublin so many nationalities and I, I said absolutely but I challenged them then to commit to step into those I said I mean I'll set them up but I can't carry into them you have to come in but I also said to them, they're all super smart, ambitious, hard work. And I said, if you want to be a senior leader in Salesforce, that's never going to happen at home. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. That's a personal opinion, but I believe that's to be true. Yeah. You know, because um, the situational leadership you learn by being in a situation and having to respond and figure it out, you just can't learn that on your own. You just can't, you know. And I, you know, there's, most people I meet here are super smart, super ambitious, and they have aspirations of being more senior. So again, I'd be say to them, well, then, you know, you need to be present. Yeah. You know, if that's what you want, brilliant. But you need, to, you need to be present. Certainly, there's no way I would have got the jobs I got, you know, no matter how hard I worked yeah. on my own at home. I don't, I don't think that would have been possible. Look, I think you learn so much subconsciously. Yeah, it depends on, you know, if someone shakes a hand in a certain way or deals with a problem in a certain way or takes a certain tone on the phone or whatever it is. The room. Like, it's very hard to read the room virtually. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I used to say I could walk into a meeting and I'd know if people wanted to kill me or kiss me in about two <laughs> seconds, you know, because I could just look around and I could feel it, you yeah. know, or, you know, like in my days of negotiating with unions, I would have hated to negotiate with unions virtually. Mm. You know, the, getting to see people face to face and understanding what was really going on and what was really important was so important. So, and it, it's not defined; it's intuitive. But you, you don't know. You don't know until you find yourself in the situation, and then you kind of learn it. So, mm. I think people are, you know, if people feel, oh no, I'm more efficient at home and I want to do that, that's absolutely fine. But, but they're missing out on a lot, particularly if their ambition is is leadership, and particularly if it's leadership with people. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know how you can learn that on your own. I really don't know how you can. I certainly couldn't have. Yeah. No. Um, so just, as I said, we've walked around the building. It's incredible. Uh, you've got your data from the smart building side of things mm-hmm. that'll allow you to grow and adapt and tweak and all the rest. What's the longer term vision for Salesforce in Ireland? Because it's been in Ireland for over 20 years now. It's been a key employer, a key driver for innovation and success on so many different metrics. Is that long term vision exciting to you as someone who's, you know, been doing what you've been doing for such a long time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got our our 
historic building coming on stream now in October. That will be like a, a wellness center, a quiet zone library. We've got other real estate coming along next year behind us. So I want to attract even more, like we've got, we're the only hub outside the US that has all the different Salesforce functions represented from tech to finance to distribution or whatever. I want to continue to attract those resources and roles to Ireland. I want to continue and attract senior roles to Ireland so that people here who are ambitious can build a career out of Dublin. They might be running a part of EMEA. We are the EMEA hub. You know, we're doing the EMEA onboarding. We're doing the EMEA leadership development. So, you know, I think that the the future of Salesforce in, in Ireland is actually super, super bright. And actually, the tower has really nailed that for us, you know, because it is such a lo uh, great location. My colleagues all across Europe are having their offsites here, their leadership development sessions here. We've had industry sessions here. So yeah, that, that's, that's really helpful to me uh, as the country leader here because I'm not having to drag people to Dublin. People want to come. And Dublin's a nice place to come to. It's easy enough to get to. And, you know, when people are here, there's lots of nice things they're going to do. It's a very accessible city. So, yeah, no, I think the future for Salesforce is, is, is very bright. My final question is, um, over the last few days, a lot of kids would have gotten their Leaving Cert results. Somebody in my house too. Yeah, so, and obviously it's a huge time. Um, but one thing that struck me as I was, you know, scrolling through Instagram, as I tend to do, was the disappointment that some students felt because they didn't get their first choice. Now, I didn't get my first choice. I wanted to be a teacher. I ended up doing my seventh choice, which was arts, and it all worked out and everything is fine. But for people who are dealing with some form of disappointment or who maybe have thought they'd never work in the tech sector because they're not the stereotypical tech person, what would your message to those 18 or 19 year olds be? There's a route to every job you want and you know it doesn't it's and anyone and it's not a straight line mm -hmm. and honestly i'm always a bit skeptical of someone who tell, told me you know at 17 i want to do this and i did and it all went that way because i just don't believe that <laughs> it didn't happen for me so so i i you know there's a way there's a way to get where you want and you can start from lots of different places so you know if you're not starting from where you thought you'd start then you can still pop but also like there's so many opportunities like I went to UCD at 17 to do a degree in IT. I didn't know which way was up, like honestly. It was only when I did my masters, when I was like 10 years older, paying for it myself, that I realized actually this is for me. So give yourself a chance to kind of find out, like they've been working hard, they've had COVID they've, and all that. So go to university, give yourself a chance. If the course is not for you, change to another course. That's another thing I love about now. Like when I went to UCD at 17, if I'd gone home to my parents and said, because I was the first person to go to university, I don't actually like this course. I think I want to do something else. Honestly, I don't know how they would have just died of horror. Yeah. Whereas now, if you're in there and it's not for you, then you can do something else and do something else. Because for me, it's fit and enjoyment and now you're loving it and you learn something new every day. And honestly, if you get that right, the other stuff the career stuff will come you know it's not about the points it's really and like you've picked a course but do you really know if that's the course that's going to suit you honestly mm -hmm. till you're kind of in there and in the middle of it and saying you know maybe this is for me maybe it isn't so yeah no I think it's uh, I think you know there's so much choice these days I think that's great and you know there's loads of different paths which is fantastic and don't confine yourself to one box because you know there, there's I mean, I've certainly learned that there's loads of different routes. That was Caroline Lennon, the country lead at Salesforce, talking to me earlier in the week. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, we'll chat to Tom Douglas about shooting the moon.